one and welcome to the Peak PT Studio podcast with myself, Rich Higgins, Josh Jurieff, and David Lewis Charlton. How are we doing? Hola. Good. Cold, but good. All good. 50p warmer though, aren't you? Change your clocks on your smart meters, people. <laughs> Don't have your heating come on an hour early and then it's cold by the time you wake up. <laughs> Winter's oh, coming. Shine your 50p's. Put exactly. it in the meter. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. Yeah, first weekend, I reckon it's single digits probably all weekend or close to, wasn't it? Yeah. Getting there, getting there. It's minus five in Scotland today. Is it? Yeah. Nice, nice. Proper Christmas weather. Yeah, 80 mile an hour winds in Wales. Get your sleeveless jumpers out. Love it. That'll be on the top of Snowdon or something though. I bet it's like bugger all wind. <laughs> <laughs> Cold, I need to put weight back on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I'm cold and skinny. <laughs> it's ninety-six point seven this morning. Hey, lightweight nice. from a pack of mince pies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lightweight. Uh, excellent. This week we're going to talk about goal setting. Is the main topic of the podcast, and we've got a myth buster as always with Josh Jurieff. Just before I get onto that one. Um, exciting news, guys. I found our listener at the weekend, found our podcast listener. So quick shout out to Karen, who listens to it on her runs as she goes out. And uh, she's single-handedly keeping the stats going. So Go on, Karen. have a good run, Karen. Karen. There we Is go. Is that just like a Karen? <laughs> no, that is an actual genuine listener that I met. Sorry, Karen, I take it back. I say met. We train her like quite a lot. <laughs> know her really well. It's not like it's not like I bumped into someone in the street and they were like, "Hey, I listen to your podcast." Like, Are you Rich Higgins? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's our listener. Uh, so thanks, Karen, and apologies. Thanks, Karen. Keep it up. <laughs> Keep us going. Like, share, all the normal methods. Yeah. Like, share, subscribe. Yeah. yeah. Ring the notification button. Bell. Uh, yeah. Bell. She's got big big family and so she will spread spread the love everywhere. We should get some multiple lessons this week. <laughs> Excellent. Over to Jeff Joria for this week's Mythbuster. That's more like yeah. yeah. That's, that's like countdown, but not countdown. Uh, it's getting snappier. I'm working on it. It's like countdown theme tune on a Nokia 3610 when you've only got those like random beeps. Batteries going. Like when you could buy like a out the back of a magazine and you could buy a ringtone that sounded nothing oh, like whatever. You, two hours what, of playing around <laughs> the button. Fucking like that. that. You used to get the crazy frog. That was the worst. Yeah. When Crazy Frog came out on the Inbetweeners. It's like, oh, I've got the Simpsons theme tune that sounds nothing like it because it's in monotone beeps. <laughs> um, Mission Impossible theme tune. Yeah. Did you? Mm. That would have been good. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho. Myth busting. <laughs> Myth busting. So today we're going we're gonna to shoot the shit on... Um, yeah. We're going to shoot shit on um, training to failure. Frequently. <laughs> And why it's not good for you. Yeah. Yeah. I think we get it quite a lot and a lot of people feel it in just the class. I think classes are, <laughs> I'll take aim at classes first. I think they're a big one for it. Is Hold on, you kids. have to train to failure 
eyeballs popping out and crawl out of the session or you're not making progress. Again, like all of these myth busters, theoretically, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it, that you have to push yourself beyond that end limit to elicit any progress. Um, it's not the case, and for the most part, it's going to put you at high injury risk, um, high levels of fatigue, and for the most part, is going to leave you end up needing end up needing so much recovery you're not able to then train again the next day or two days after yeah Yeah, exactly or you overeat and then you end up going backwards so we're looking at steady progress over time and not that sort of spike dip spike dip from too intense training we see quite often loads of research being done on this the reason we're talking about it there was a meta-analysis which basically like a collection of all the papers done fairly recently talking about the difference specifically in weight training and muscle gain of rep range sorry um training to failure versus things like two reps in reserve and mechanical failure and things like that so essentially leaving yourself just short giving yourself like an eight out of ten for a set or a session rather than hitting a 10 out of 10 every time. And essentially it makes no difference whatsoever, pretty much in terms of progression, uh, muscle gain, strength gain over time. Mm. Boom. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, sort of mostly, if you think about training is you're trying to be effective rather than maximal. And there's lots of ways to be effective towards reaching a goal it's not just the shortest linear path sometimes you need to work a bit laterally to move forward and whether that's coming in and refining technique going a bit easier so that you can rest other soft tissues such as tendons and ligaments if you start to feel a bit sort of achy niggly painy um, rather than always feeling you need to push through because otherwise you can continuously push maximal but if you're not recovering as a whole then you start to build sort of chinks in your armor and then that's what can lead to sort of overuse injuries which will put you back probably further in the long term than going a bit easier per session and pushing a six to eight out of ten every session so that you always feel comfortable, confident, and you can always be effective. Plus then you don't feel like shit outside afterwards where yeah. you struggle to walk up the stairs, sit down on the toilet. There's gonna to be those days sometimes, but mm. you don't need to feel like that every single session for it to be effective. Well, I guess when you see like the trends or the, I guess the, the fashionistas when it comes to hit training and when that was really big like when joe wicks first started everyone's like smashing themselves into hit workouts four or five times a week and really not given any recovery at all and i think even he now has kind of doubled back on that and gone actually here's a recovery session and here's more about you rather than let's just keep chasing the sweat pain and calorie count yeah a quote i like for it was um training should be to develop strength and fitness rather than show it and that's a lot of the stuff you see on instagram i think is about showing or showing off um strength and movements rather than developing it 
And it's the same in any kind of training. I'd call it like no hero workouts. I think if you looked at most pro athletes workouts, 95% of what they do isn't Mm. particularly impressive. It's the fact that they do it day in, day out and consistently over time. And that's what leads to the end impressive feat of whatever they're doing. And similarly with, we're gonna get onto goal setting now. Similarly with that is a training program should be about progressing you and developing you up, not constantly breaking you down um, and digging yourself a deeper and deeper hole that you can't recover from. Um, So yeah, basically train to progress and not to show off in the gym. That's why like, what was it? Uh, Kelly Starrett's quote of going, you're training to go into the gym to get better at life, not go into the gym to be better at the gym. Yeah. So again, if if you're always good in the gym, but then you're always hobbling and sore and painful outside of the gym in life. Yeah. Questionable whether that's good, for, especially for Joe Public and general mm. population. Yeah. <clears throat> that guy's got it down to a T. He's got the best hip mobility I've ever seen in a pair of jeans as well. He literally like trains for life. Like, what's the point in opening my hip up like that if I can't do it in jeans? <laughs> Anytime I see him doing some kind of seminar, he's always like doing hip openers in jeans. I'm like, how'd you do that? Part jigging. Yeah, he's got like flexi jeans on. 60% athlete jeans. <laughs> Kelly Starrett, if you don't know him, is like a, what do you write, Supple Leopard? Is that the book? Yeah. Um, focuses on loads of, loads of mobility and stuff like that, but... Uh, yeah, every demo I seem to see him doing online. Yeah, every um, every mobility drill I see him doing, he's doing it in like day to day clothes. <laughs> Don't know how he does it, but yeah, there we go. Myth busted. You do not need to train to failure every time you step foot in the gym or every time you go out running or whatever it might be to see progress. Cool. Let's get on to our main topic. David, you did a little bit of a um, presentation on this goal setting over the weekend for our um, closed Facebook group for our members. Um, Something we talk about a lot of the time with people and came up over the weekend actually in a class someone was talking about marathon running and things like that. And I think generally for anyone when they come and see us and when they have a specific goal, our answer most of the time is yes, that's doable. But then what we go into is time frame dependent, sacrifice dependent in terms of what you're potentially willing to give up, frequency of training and all of that kind of stuff. So that's similar to what we talked about with the nutrition last week. Equation often can be quite simple, but there's loads of other stuff that needs to be thrown into the middle there as well. It's not just a cool, I want a six pack or I want to run a marathon or whatever it might be. <coughs> Most people are probably capable of that. It's just how long is that going to take? What's the training going to look like? How much time frequency do you have to give up, basically? Mm. Uh, and how does that fit into your life? And then you can make a educated or informed decision on whether you still think that's a viable goal or even a goal that you specifically want. Um, so I think that happens a lot of the time. People see other people doing stuff. Oh, I want that. I want to do that. Um, when actually, if you look at the nuts and bolts of how you get there, I think similar a lot of the time if we talk, I know personal trainers love comparing things to either cars or finance or whatever it be, but people look at millionaires and think, oh, that'd be great to have 
a million pounds in the bank, whereas we're not willing to sacrifice any of the stuff to get there of working crazy hours or not seeing family or anything like that. So, yeah, it's just about making a bit of educated Mm. decision around that. I'd like to achieve X without Mm. changing anything. So I'd like to achieve X under my current circumstances. Yeah. Whereas usually you would have already achieved it under current circumstances. So Mm. there's something's got to give and there will be a process necessary to achieve it. It's just whether you can actually fit your life to that process or not Mm. and so for so just in terms of fitness like rich said so check out the facebook group for a bit more detail because i won't go into sort of what i said too much but to achieve sort of with goal setting basically what people are talking about are fitness results so whether that's sort of functional form so whether that's a performance base they want their body to do something run 5k run a marathon do a pull-up lift deadlift 100 kilos whatever it is it's sort of function based of changing your body to be able to do something function wise or form six pack weight loss more muscle bigger arms whatever it is physical change both of them require sort of training so uh, you come in you stress your body and then you go away you recover and then you super compensate and you get better and then that's just one little tiny step forward and then you just repeat that rinse and repeat basically until you get there there's no way of saying how many sessions it would take because that depends on what you do in your sessions there's no way of determining that because it depends on your recovery some people eat better sleep better stay hydrated manage their stress all sort of the good stuff whereas others can't for example if you just had a newborn you're probably not going to be sleeping eating and having the best recovery so that will impact your ability to sort of take those mini steps forward um so again it's very circumstantial on how you can manipulate one your training and then two your lifestyle to be able to recover and progress and obviously the more you can adapt the two the more capacity you will have for change but there's no point change sort of comparing yourself to fitness professionals because they they basically live their life to maximize both training and recovery whereas for general population it's trying to fit in training and lifestyle stuff to your current life and your non-negotiables you can't just drop everything and and follow x process to get you there as fast as possible so that's where we as coaches have to understand the fitness process as well as understand you and your circumstances to then give you the best guesstimate and manipulation of what we think you can consistently do to keep the dial moving forward Mm. over time. Yeah, and that can change over time as well. I think that's a lot is people want, like David said, hard and fast timeframes and rules and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) always sell 12 week programs because it's how long it takes um i remember that uh poliquin saying that once about any strength coach worth their salt could get i think he was talking about females specifically but could get females to doing 10 body weight pull-ups in 12 weeks or something like that like zero context given just like pluck anyone off the street um 
Yeah, unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. Things change over time. Um, oh, Charles. All of that kind of stuff. Injuries happen, life happens, gets in the way. We talk about it a lot and saying it to clients that come in. I think one of the biggest differences between either fitness professionals or pro athletes is that their work is, that sorry, their life is built around their work that way rather than the other way around of we ha- us having work and then trying to build fitness around it around work and life and so the recovery side's a lot harder fitting in sessions is a lot harder getting the nutrition right is a lot more difficult so you've got to be prepared to be flexible to be malleable over time mm-hmm. with a lot of the goal setting and essentially not getting overly frustrated like we talked about in the Mythbusters. it's about consistently stringing days weeks months years together however long it might take um not comparing to other people a lot of the time and being realistic like super realistic and honest with what time you've got what time you've given it so far uh what progress you've made as well um that can be difficult if you have quite a lofty end goal and it can seem a long way away and you can think that you're still a long long way from that end goal Mm. but still be a long long way down the road from where you started um running for example or strength training getting towards a pull-up you know not being able to hold body weight on the bar or whatever it might be versus being able to hang there for 10 seconds or do a negative rep might still feel a long way from doing a full body weight chin up but it's a long way from where you started similarly running a marathon not being able to run a kilometer when you start to running a park run 5k or a 10k or something like that still feels a long way from a marathon but it's a long long way from where you started so perspective is really important um, and being a bit introspective about where you are in the goal are you moving towards it do things need to change do i want things to change or do i need to manage the time frame of this goal a little bit more Mm -hmm. all of that kind of stuff can be really important and can lead us away from a lot of frustration I think that's where people can get hung up and get super frustrated with goals and get end up giving giving up on it is that they set themselves either unrealistic targets, unrealistic time frames, um, or basically aren't making enough change or doing different things like David talked about from what they were originally doing to get there in the first place. And then you become super frustrated because you want this goal, but you're not really willing to give up what you need to to get there which isn't a bad thing. That's not a a criticism of someone. It may not just fit into their life. It may not be something that actually they thought it meant a lot to them, but it doesn't in the end, end result. And that's why we say about picking your own goals and not someone else's, that you know you may start running and actually I don't really enjoy it or whatever it might be. And I'd set myself a goal of a marathon I've been running for a few months. Turns out I don't really want to do a marathon. I'm quite happy doing 10Ks, half marathons, whatever it might be. That's absolutely fine. Um, But being honest with yourself about that's important as well. Yeah, managing expectations is really key. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because especially, so like with goal setting, you can physically, I mean, the body can achieve most general population goals yeah uh so as in unless you have a physical inability to 
either move, so either you can't challenge your movements enough to, to progress, whether that's running, whether that's doing a lift that you want to improve, whatever it is, but if you have the ability to move and stress your body, you can progress at anything, mm. whether, again, that's in a sport, whether it's towards a performance goal or whether that is a physical goal. So if you can come in and train, again, training can be manipulated over time to achieve any goal. And then similarly with the recovery, you need to be able to recover sufficiently to keep progressing forward. If you don't recover enough, you'll just break your body down in training and then you'll sort of repair back to baseline. You won't actually, your body can't afford to make improvements. And so that's where either you manage your training better or you have to progress your lifestyle recovery things. There's yeah. no there's no nice way of getting around that. It's sort of like a a good again, metaphor, but it's sort of like farming. You need to sort of prepare the land first, then you need to sort of sow the mm. seeds yeah. and then you need enough natural time. Fertilizer. You can't you can't <laughs> cheat these things. They're sort of like natural natural laws, natural processes. Yeah. There's no very way black. around it except very, steroids. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> it's very black and white though, isn't it? It's very you're gonna recover or you're not gonna recover. Yeah. And that's it. If you're gonna do you're gonna burn the un, burn the candle both ends, you're not gonna get anywhere. Yeah. Cause it's uh I think if I was to reduce it down to if someone hits a plateau, it's either you cannot apply enough stress to a specific area you might be limited by i don't know say you're trying to improve your deadlift but you've always got a slight back niggle Mm. it doesn't matter how hard you push training because you can never truly stress yourself enough because of your back injury and therefore that might be the limiting factor in progress and until you sort that out you can't progress so it's either sort of limited by how much stress you can apply in training or how much recovery you get you either need to manage training or recovery if you hit a plateau. It's one or the other. And again, we as coaches sort of manipulate that. But we can give you an effective process. But if you can't apply it, then mm. there's no... We can't just say, sure, we can get you to a marathon. Mm. But you have to be able to do X amount again the more you can change the quicker you can get there if you have a slower time frame it's probably better for most but there will be natural consequences of change if you can't that's okay but if you do truly want to achieve something something's got to give mm-hmm. i think this would be a good point to ask our listeners karen um if they've got any plateaus that we can help with so if you do just uh, write in or slide just in see right in. Right in. P.O. box. Or I'll just see Rich on the weekend. Either or. <laughs> slide into our DMs. <laughs> we'll send you a Blue Peter badge <laughs> in the post. Carrier pigeons are also <laughs> welcome. It's a bit... Um, <laughs> I think the 
and want to try and veer away from this a little bit, but when people come and say they have a specific goal, I feel it's a bit like the calorie deficit of the nutrition world of saying, yes, you can achieve anything and you're capable of any goal. Um, but then there's all the background to it. It's a bit of a cop-out answer some of the time, I think. Yeah, you can achieve anything. And it can be a bit frustrating and I think potentially, uh, what's the term, maybe demeaning or degrading to other people to say, oh, I could achieve that, I could do that. And we don't mean that by saying everyone can do a pull-up and everyone can run a marathon. It doesn't mean that you then look at someone who's done that and go, yeah, I could do that, but I just don't have the time. It's like, yeah, but that's the whole point. That's the whole crux of it. <laughs> that's the hard part of getting there. Um, I could lose more weight, but I like the food that I'm eating. At yeah. The yeah. yeah, and also the balance that it gives you. Because yeah. I think you have to, a lot of the time, give people credit for where they've got to, like whatever. So it's, it's really easy to sort of um, belittle someone's achievement by saying, I could do that. And it's a bit like the calorie deficit of, yeah, I could lose weight. It's just calorie deficit. It's like, yeah, that's really simplifying yeah. the whole process of it and the difficult side of it. Um, so just putting that into a little bit of context, I think sometimes yeah. is important. Because um, as you say, it's not, there isn't a... The end thing isn't the point a lot of the time. The whole process of getting there, the difficulty of managing it with stress and life and recovery and putting hours in for whatever they've done. Um, not taking that away from someone a lot of the time, for sure. Yeah. Also, there isn't really a <clears throat> sort of necessary goal in terms of sort of health and fitness that everyone should yeah, have. Absolutely. So everyone can have big lofty goals as well as small goals of being able to walk up the stairs a bit better pain-free mm. or being able to play with their kids or they don't need to be big lofty fitness fitness goals and that's okay it's just when it is does come down to goal setting it's it requires sort of again a bit of introspection of having a look at yourself your current circumstances and sort of putting in a top trump card of what would be truly valuable rather than what you think would be valuable because most mm. of the time people get a six pack and they're like oh yeah now what yeah because it doesn't actually do anything yeah. <laughs> unless yeah. you're a fitness model and it brings in money from mm. a photo shoot mm. you just have a six pack and most people don't care if you do no <laughs> <laughs> to be honest no yeah it's like cool you're still an arsehole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got something in mind. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a lot of the time is it, that can be even more frustrating and, you know, chasing goals for other people um, and thinking, oh, if I do this, I'm going to look so cool or I'm going to post this on Instagram and get so many likes. And even if you do get that initial appreciation for doing something, yeah. Um, or achieving something that's very short-lived. Um, so don't expect that to be the crowning glory of your achievement. Like David says, make sure it's something that's going to benefit you personally as well. And you're going to enjoy, to some degree, a bit like work. Some of it you'll enjoy, some of it you'll have to do. But you're going to enjoy the process along the way. Because 
I mean, if you look back at it and you've got a specific goal, no one's forcing you to do it. Um, it's your own decision. No one's pushing you in the direction of trying to get a six pack or trying to do a chin up or something like that. So make sure you're doing it for your own personal reason, I think is really important mm. as well. Um, because that makes the whole process and the whole journey a lot easier when there is that stuff that you have to do. Um, questioning why you're still doing it. If the only answer is, oh, to show off to David my new six pack and piss him off, then it's probably not the most valid reason in the world. <laughs> I'd be like, good job, have one of my donuts. I can't. I'd be like, yeah. and that's why it sucks. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> the hard stuff then isn't worth. Oh, I nearly said grind, but isn't worth the work. <laughs> isn't worth the work in the long term uh, from that point of view. On that point, I guess so. Yeah, essentially going back to that, most people can achieve most goals, I think, day-to-day -day goals that people could potentially come up with and set themselves. Considerations that you have to make, time frame, where you're currently starting from, what you may need to change. That may mean chatting to a coach, speaking to someone that has done it before, or speaking to yeah someone in a similar situation that you know, a friend that has then gone on to achieve that goal. Um, understanding your journey might be a bit different, but they might be able to give you an idea of what they've had to do and time frame and things like that. And then really assessing, <clears throat> is that going, is that end goal and the journey of getting there going to improve my life versus the things that I have to give up to get to that goal? Um, so like David says, if giving up donuts sounds like the worst thing in the world, um, and giving up a few social events and not having a drink and all that kind of stuff and having to train when you might not want to when it's dark outside, whatever it might be that sounds like the worst thing in the world end goal might not outweigh that so it's a little bit of a scale you can look at it that way of having your goal on one side and the stuff that you potentially have to give up time frame dependent uh, life dependent on what it might take to get there I think a good comparison, I think it was t talking about wealth or just general happiness a lot of the time, is if you look at someone that's achieved a goal or something like that, think about you're not just swapping the end goal for where you want to be. You have to take on everything that they have or do around it as well. So you're not just seeing someone run a marathon and go, that would be cool to run a marathon and you just get the marathon part. You have to take on the training, the frustration through injury, the running when it's raining outside, the giving up a Saturday evening drinking session because you've got to do a long run the next day. You have to take on all of that. Similarly in the gym, someone's doing a chin up you may have to change the way you train. If you enjoy doing certain classes, you might have to give up a class to do another strength session or whatever it might be. You have to take on all of that, not just the end goal. And I think a lot of the time that can give, I suppose, a bit of a reality check or just a bit of realism to the whole process. Mm. Um, not just, oh, the end goal looks cool or going and watching the Great South or seeing someone do something in the gym and be like, that's impressive, I want to do that. Um, 
have a little bit of a think or a bit of an investigation on the background of everything else that surrounds it and then you can make a more informed decision on whether that is something that you want to do or not. I'm going to make a dinosaur metaphor. Go on. I'm looking forward to <laughs> it. I love the farming, farming one so much. So anyone, if anyone has seen Jurassic World yeah. in it, where they talk about making the, the big bad... Mm. I can't assume what oh, the name of the dinosaur is. Yeah. But basically the guy says you cannot build the the sort of traits of a predator without the accompanying predatory behaviours. Yeah. And so it's like, as Rich said, you can't just have the results without doing the necessary process and a better understanding of what it costs to, to achieve it. So everything involved in the process will actually give a better sort of informed decision of whether it's worth it or not and again it's that like we've mentioned before of happiness being sort of expectations versus reality for us it's not just empty promises of sure we can get you there but we're not going to tell you what you need to sacrifice and then Mm. when we tell you to sacrifice it we're like well you're just a bad person (laughs) it's not it's not the case it's for us to give sort of a realistic approach and then if it is something you want you you sort of still choose no 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 this will be hard yeah but i would like to work at it i feel it will be tough but achievable then of course we'll support you in it but if similarly you say yeah nah pass yeah it's like cool well what else can we Mm. can we work on that you do feel is progressive but not too far outside of your scope that it's just then going the other extreme and being like nah i'm just not going to do anything Turn into a big dinosaur. They talk about that a lot with, I can't remember what they call it, not gene doping, but like gene selection, don't they? And saying you can't have the, say, musical genius gene without potentially bringing something else along with it. The like obsessive side of that mad focus on one particular thing is going to lead to potential other issues. That may mean that someone has social issues or whatever it might be. Um, as a result of that extreme drive in one field. But I like the dinosaur one. Thanks. Because <laughs> it's sort of... I, uh, someone once taught me a, a good way of looking at any goal is to think input, process, output. And so most people think of the output of what they want and that's your sort of goal, the end result. And then so it's it's not just looking at the process of what it costs it's also the input like rich said of where you are now what current skills and habits can you sort of utilize and manipulate to get there or do you need to learn new skills and habits before you can progress it's not just turning up and doing sometimes you need to build a bit of knowledge wisdom lateral skills to be able to move forward so sometimes you need to go sideways before you can go forward and again this is all the reality of it versus the simplistic view of let's just jump into training and send you on your way and just be like yeah train hard eat more protein and over time you'll achieve x yeah it's there's a lot more that goes into it and that's why it sort of works with with working with people and that's why we require feedback from 
clients from people that we work with to sort of better understand them so then we have a better idea of how we can manipulate the process to be effective rather than oh well this is technically what should work but for you it might not so mm. let's try y mm. whereas for other people x might work but someone might need y z and every other mm. letter of the alphabet mm. It was. The, I was just researching the Indominus Rex. Yeah, yes. one. <laughs> that's the main <laughs> antagonist of the film. There we go. Yeah, I think talking direct to our audience member here uh, would <laughs> okay. be a good point. <laughs> that talking about sacrifice and all of that kind of stuff towards a goal. I know she has a quite exciting, specific goal she's working towards. <gasps> The downside of that is having to go out for a run at the moment where it's fairly cold, fairly wet and has to listen to us rabbit on to get her through the training. Um, You can do it, keep going. (laughs) Because the end result is worth the while. Six kilometres gone. (laughs) So that's part of uh, what you have to manage, I think, real world example. Yeah. Yeah. Um, human behavior is complicated yeah not easy yeah yeah I think like around kind of the goal itself and giving it a bit of context I think that's the main thing of what we want to go through we don't potentially really want to go into anything specific on a goal front because I think they're so individual and like David said the training itself is so individual some people deal really well with high frequency, high volume, whatever it might be, recover really well, sleep really well, don't have a lot of stress outside of the gym, do have a lot of stress outside of the gym. So it's so, so individual dependent. Um, A lot of our clients, when we've been training them, will have had days where they come in and we've said to them, we're gonna stick here on the weight today, we're gonna drop it a little bit, we're gonna do more reps, less reps, whatever it might be. That's part of, I guess, the coach's eye of, this person has told me as they've come in, they've had quite a stressful week. What we're doing there is managing the load and intensity of the session to make sure that we can progress forward. We're not digging them a hole that they can't then get out of for the next session because we want coming back to that myth busting at the beginning, stepping stones, progressing up and forward. There's going to be little jagged rocks along the way, but going in that direction, making sure that we can keep them moving forward and not go, oh, well, you did this weight last week, so we're going to add on five kilos and just go for it until you, you fail. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up and yeah. lift it. <laughs> cool story, bro. Now lift the deadlift. <laughs> um, so a lot of that is, yeah, that's what we do. I think it's a bird's eye view. A lot of the time is what we give from a nutrition and a training point of view. We can look at things a bit more uh, objectively than someone might be able to go in Uh, into the gym on their own that'll take time knowing your body going in and thinking you know I'm really not feeling it today or I've slept really badly yesterday just ticking over uh, is going to help me today and is going to help the long-term goal and not focusing on the specific session of I need to lift x or I need to run this pace otherwise I'm not moving forward in that big grand scheme plan that can do you more damage long term than just a steady session that will allow you to work to said capacity the next time you come into the gym or the next time you go out running or whatever it might be 
Um, so that's important a lot of the time to take into consideration. You don't need to leave the gym every single time having sweated buckets, burst a blood vessel and crawled out. Um, you can keep pushing forwards, yeah. Beta alanine and Red Bull isn't going to get you through every single training session. What? Although it works sometimes. Six percent of the time. Because I think that's a good. So hopefully, a better understanding of what keeps people moving forward. Also, hopefully, because I see it a bit in classes where there's even though it's not sort of social media comparison, there might be comparisons to other people in a class, mm-hmm. and you sort of again only see snapshots of what they're doing you might only ever see them in a class and think well I'm doing the same thing but they're lifting heavier this week and I'm not or oh they've improved this much whereas we're doing the same thing why am I not improving so much so again you can have the comparison individually and only see a snapshot whereas then they might have other training sessions outside of the classes that they either manage or progress other things similarly you have no idea of what stress they have in their life like Rich said sleep food how they hydrate everything else that goes on so there's lots that contributes to being effective within fitness and that's where sort of skills and habits and the lifestyle stuff as well as previous just training history someone Mm. might have been training for decades versus someone who might have just started picking up training. So again, comparison can be both, well, can be a double-edged sword. Sometimes it can be motivating, sometimes it can be demotivating. So it's always good to, again, try to compare yourself to to you. Oh, just try to be better than yesterday. (laughs) Natural propensity to like, goals and activities and movement as well is really key you know like say in the gym someone might be really well mechanically designed to deadlift or to chin up or something like that and so having a little bit of comparison over that we joke about it a lot of the time but if someone is six foot eight trying to pick a barbell off the floor is a long way to go versus someone that is five foot eight and picking the barbell up off the floor yeah good squat yeah. <laughs> um, so a little bit of that is very useful um, a lot of the time and realising that it's going to take people different time frames to get there. I think like David says as well, if you look at people's training history, history from when they were younger, people that have done sport when they were younger or have... Uh, those had shoulder surgery so they're not improving their business <laughs> yeah. as much as everyone else. It's like, oh. Those early years of development uh i think are underestimated a lot of the time how key they can be birthday is. yeah yeah <laughs> olympic champ um if someone has done a lot of that when they were younger i think i mean personally i see it a lot with say swimming i didn't learn to swim as a kid i picked it up a lot later in life versus someone that did swim when they were younger and then has had 10 years off but just decided to get back in the pool their technique and skill acquisition of those years when they were younger is far superior to mine is having picked it up later in life. Similarly, someone learning to throw or whatever, ride a bike, whatever it might be, those early acquisition of skills can be um, 
really beneficial long term for people and that's just something that we have to take into consideration a lot of the time and you potentially have to think about when you're or if you end up comparing yourself with other people um again trying to avoid frustration pretty much which can lead to burnout and not achieving of goals mm. yeah similarly look with motivation willpower discipline mm-hmm. we sort of mentioned it a few times previously but there's so much that goes into that alone that might have an influence on how someone sets their goals and if someone has sort of grown up as a child with two parents who run marathons then they've always seen fitness within their sort of life it becomes a bit of a norm so there's less quote unquote willpower and motivation needed because it's just seen as a norm it's not whereas someone whose parents say never had any sort of fitness within their life they might need other circles and social influences to help keep them consistent rather than just relying on their own I'm going to think it and do it so again even that with goal setting if someone who's had fitness within their whole life growing up might find it easier to achieve bigger loftier goals than someone else who hasn't so again even just the goal setting process is skewed by previous life experiencing parents social circles whether they played sport when they were younger, whether they were forced into sport when they were younger by parents, whether they weren't, as well as everything else under the sun of influencing someone's sort of general belief system about fitness. Mm. I think we've uh, covered it. Anything to add? Hopefully we haven't subliminally messaged anyone into running a marathon or doing a pull-up. I know we've used that a lot as examples along the way. There are plenty of other goals out there. Please feel free to select your own. Um, but well, yeah, just write if, in and let us know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you could PO box that to us. <laughs> Santa Claus at the North Pole. Yeah. Ask Santa for a pull. Fitness Santa. <laughs> Excellent, guys. Any other business from us? Two. Three weekends. Christmas party, I'm guessing. Yeah, get your sleeveless Christmas jumpers yeah. ready. If your goal has been to have massive arms. Yeah. <laughs> Mine's going to be. Mine's three <laughs> biceps every day. <laughs> well, you need one of those funky... Do you ever see those Gymshark tops that were like... I don't know what it... Like, girls had, like... It was just a top and then long sleeves. So if yeah. you're chasing a six pack, maybe just get one of them. Keep the arm and chest covered, and just get the abs out. <laughs> twice the price, not even half the cost. Half the material, twice the price. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I don't know what it was, what it was, but yeah, I saw a few people wearing that at our old gym. Yes, I remember. Yeah. Keep your core temperature down by having it out. Yeah. <laughs> Train harder. I don't know who designed that. Must have been under the Genius. reel of yeah, yeah. Sell it. Go for it. Did, did, uh, Put a little shark on it and put it on the website. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent, guys. Uh, That is it for us. Um, Karen, thank you very much for listening. You're keeping the podcast going. Thanks, Karen. (laughs) Karen. I hope you've had a great run. Love you. And uh, we will catch you next week. Take it easy, guys. Woohoo.